The Owls on Culture Podcast, Episode 3, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Welcome to the Owls on Culture Podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael, the dad, and Hank, the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and as always, I'm here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl. What's new in your world, buddy? Well, Christmas already happened. Christmas presents are amazing. I got Star Wars Battlefront 2, even with the EA controversy, and a bunch of different candies from other countries. Some are good, some are bad, some are terrible. Yeah, you shared with me a, a terrible one, but uh, it was like almost felt like a sawdust, a sawdust type candy. Yeah, it was like it was sugared sawdust. Yes, not not recommended. Uh, we should probably review uh, Star Wars Battlefront at some point once we've played it enough, right? Maybe. All right, maybe. So you guys maybe. can maybe look forward to that. Uh, what's new in my world? Well, I'm glad oh, you I asked. I forgot to ask. Uh, <laughs> um, cut. <laughs> so what's new in my world is, uh, you know, this uh, this podcast is produced by Pinecone Turkey. It's uh, an arts company that we've started, and uh, it exists to distribute and to create art. And one of the ways we're doing that is an email list called The Flock. And in The Flock, every month we'll send you a new short film, a short uh, piece of fiction, or narrative nonfiction, some poetry, and uh, some visual art. So uh, that's kind of new. We finally launched that. We've been thinking about it for a long time, and it's out there in the world. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, it's spreading a little joy. So that's new for me. Hank, what is our primary topic for today? What are we talking about? Star Wars The Last Jedi, which has gotten horrible for a Star Wars movie reviews. It has oh. in a certain or, segment uh, of people, right? Yeah, I was like, and by horrible for a Star Wars movie, I mean horrible for a not prequel Star Wars movie. Yes, we can we can hardly mention those, but the yeah the critics critics liked it though, right? Yeah, the critics loved it, but you know, Rotten Tomatoes like in the nineties and in the fifties for fans. Yeah, so pretty mixed reactions, and I know my Facebook feed has been. Full of uh, hugely positive reviews and and hugely negative reviews. Uh, so at this point, anybody who's wanted to see it has probably seen it. So we're going to talk about it, but if we kind of have no need to kind of go over the plot or everything. Uh, plus, it's a pretty full, extensive movie that would probably take the yeah. entire podcast if we were to do that. So I think what we're going to do is mention some things we loved about it and mention some things we hated about it or didn't like about it. Um, and I think that's probably the way the way to go for this one. Again, the, there will be spoilers, but uh, I feel feel pretty assured that anybody anybody who wanted to see it has. Hank, do you want to start us off with something you liked or or didn't like? Well, something that brought me out of the movie is when Leia turns into Superman and flies through space. Yes, popsicle Leia. I don't. So is that what we're calling it? Well, that's what some people were calling it. I think that looks pretty good. And she does. It's a combination of the popsicle plus the Superman. She's got the hand out. 
That that uh, took you out of the story? Yeah, it took me out of the story. The first thing I thought was, plot armor, activate. <laughs> yeah, when she started to do that, I I think I looked, I looked to my right. I don't think I made eye contact with anyone, but I wanted somebody to be like, wait, is this really happening? Okay, force can't let you get oxygen. How do you know what the force can do or cannot do? I mean, Clearly space, the force, maybe she didn't need oxygen at that time. Space, I guess the freezingness is might what she's protecting from, but like the dang- main danger of space is not the like, ooh, space blackness is gonna make you suffocate. No, it's the absence of air, so even you surrounding it isn't gonna help. Even using the force to shield it isn't going to help. Uh, see, I have no problem with the force protecting her in outer space. I'm I'm not gonna say what the force can and cannot do. But For me, it was just the way it looked. Can't add oxygen. You don't know what you can do. It might can add oxygen, or maybe that's not what it was doing. Maybe it was doing something else. The mechanism of the force is not not something I feel qualified, and I would say you're not qualified to to state either. Who knows what it can do? But for me, just the way it looked, it just kind of looked campy. It just, I don't know, it made me grin and giggle like in the way that you're not supposed to giggle during a movie. Yeah. All right, so that, that qualifies. Give me something you liked then. Let's kind of balance it off with the negative and the positive. Because overall, we both like this movie, right? No, we both really like this movie. One of my favorite parts is when Admiral Holdo light speeds into Snoke's grand ship. That was amazing. And all the like colors, like. Yeah, that was impressive. And the way they uh, did the audio, like there was, it was quiet. It was all soundless. It was just really highlighted that moment. I thought that was pretty incredible. Yeah, speaking of sound, though, maybe this was just our theater, but like, there was like I would say a one jump scare in the Last Jedi, and that's. When the music starts, like it gets where everyone's like silent, like it's like. You're talking right in the beginning of the film, or you're talking about at this at this moment? No, right at the beginning, just while we're on the sound and stuff getting silent. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I think that might have been just our theater. I think like, we hadn't quite <gasps> balanced the level yet, or something. Because it was, it was, it was overly. I mean, it's supposed to be loud and dramatic, but it was, it, it, it was, was. I think it was unintentionally too loud and dramatic. Like it made me jump. Right, and not not in the good way. Uh, I'm going to bring up something I really liked, and that was the use of the color red. Uh, certainly in the last portion of the movie, when they were on the mining moon, and the use of the red and the salt and the the vehicles going down with their tail thing kind of in the ground. That was, to me, gorgeous. It was probably some of the best visuals in Star Star Wars that I've ever seen. And also the use of red with Snoke and uh, Ray and uh, Kylo Ren and kind of in that area. It was just beautiful. I thought the use of red was awesome, but particularly on the the, the moon. The salt planet. Yeah, that was, it was just gorgeous. It was Very so salty. cool. And the, like the white, the red, the desert that it had, like, you know, the, the whole... Star Wars, who were the, what are the big, the big things that are all like walk on fours? They were at Hoth. Uh, AT-AT. So they looked like super AT-ATs. Yeah, they looked amazing. Looked really, really cool. Uh, that whole that whole visual thing, I, I really, really dug. Uh, speaking of though, 
salt planet again. I also really like that salt planet. There was this funny moment where, you know, when that old man, like, gets up to sea with his binoculars? I thought that was Luke in disguise at very first. I'm like, Luke, you salty man. And then the guy goes, like, check his butt. Smells like salt. Yeah, and I that's hilarious. Salty man, and then it smells like salt. They were in your head, man. Like, when he first got up and he walked, and so him walking, you know, displaces the surface and makes it red. I thought he was bleeding at first. So I thought it was this kind of cool thing, like this, you know, rough, grizzled soldier who's like bleeding down his leg is still going to be up there and lead the troops. And then the guy goes salt, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that doesn't... Wait, why is the salt red? Too? Yeah, I like blood it tastes kind of rusty, kind of rust flavored, like iron. Um, can I mention something that I that I didn't like besides popsicle, Leia, which I yes. really didn't like? I I didn't like the fact that we still haven't found anything out about Snoke. Yeah, what I hope they're doing is saving it up for a Star Wars story. That would be cool. It's probably unlikely, but. I mean, obviously, this this dude has come to power. He's the emperor. But where the did he? Supreme leader. The supreme leader. Sorry, yes, that's right. That's the title. So, where did he come from? How does he get his powers? Who did he train with? You know, he obviously he was. You know, according to Luke, it was already an infiltrated Kylo Ren and influenced him. So, like, when did he do that? How did he do that? Et cetera, et cetera. I would love to know more about Snoke. Plus, he just looked cool. I thought. So I was even more intrigued by him. Oh, yeah, like a hole in his cheek. Yeah, and then he's dead before we... Again, this movie is very visually great. Yeah, I thought so too. And so, But he's dead before we even figure out really what's going on with him. So I would like to... uh, That's a disappointment of mine, that I don't know more about Snoke at this point. Well, I mean, they kind of did this with Emperor Palpatine in the beginning. I mean, like, we really only get a story from the prequels. Right, so but we did eventually get them, so and I'm hoping that knows, we get we some. We might eventually get Snoke's. So I hope you're right. I, that's exactly what I hope is just that you're right on that. Uh, can I tell you something else I liked? Yes, I like the relationship between Kylo Ren and Rey. Yes, that's why they should be related. Oh, should they be related? Do you think? And Kylo Ren drops the bomb that she was nothing, but. Episode 9 is being directed by different people. They might like, that didn't happen. Yeah, I'm not sure. somehow like work their way around that fact. And like a drunk trader sold them from alcohol who turned it out to be Han Solo. Right, yeah. I think it's not necessarily definitive when Kylo Ren says like they were nobodies. It could have been one, they were nobodies in his eyes. Two... Why should we necessarily trust Kylo Ren? Well, no, I think it was said from the director that that is true, but he also told us to keep in mind uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's famous quote. From a, like When Luke asked, um, like, you said Darth Vader killed my father. And uh, Obi-Wan says, from a point of view, he did. Oh, yeah, so like taking some literary license there would be like, not... A little, a little, inten- a little intentional misleading. From the point of view of Kylo Ren. Right, I get that. Um, I get that. Yeah, so J.J. Abrams will be directing the last one in this trilogy. It's J.J. Abrams and another person, right? It's like a 
do what of directors? I don't know. I don't know. You might be right. I just heard it was J.J. Abrams, but it could be. And I don't know if he's writing this one, too. I mean, little, you know, props to Ryan Johnson, who wrote and directed uh, The Last Jedi, which, again, I think Hank and I both really, really enjoyed. And I've had several friends who started off not liking it and then saw it again and liked it a lot better. So I'm not sure if it was too high expectations going into it or if it just upon reflection they realize that it's a much better movie than than they thought at first. Uh, but with so with uh, Kylo Ren and Ray's relationship, I dug how you know their their Snoke connected them. That was just really cool visually how they were like talking to each other and seeing each other kind of. And I love how they kind of teased us with who is going to turn, if anyone. You know, they made us, they gave us, you know, probable cause to think that Ray would not necessarily turn to the dark side, but at least turn towards Kylo Ren to talk, you know, and be, you know, like together as friends. And then also, you know, they made us think that Kylo Ren would turn and maybe want to join her. I mean, I remember also another thing, like in the episode eight poster, I believe there's a Kylo Ren with his lightsaber with a blue kyber crystal. Uh, so it so it looked blue. Is that yeah, what that means? It looked blue. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Kyber crystal is what's inside the handle, which causes the color. Okay. So what is what does that mean? Well, it means that again, leading us to think that one of them was going to turn. Okay, I got you. So, what did you think when he killed Snoke and they battled it out? Did you think when he says, you know, come join me? What did you think? Did you think Ray was going to do it ever? Uh, yes, I did think they were. He was going to join her. I mean, her, her was going to join him. She was going she to join was him. Going to join him. <laughs> yeah, I thought that might go down that way too. For I don't know. Yeah, but I I love what they did with Kylo Ren and his thought process because he's like, kill all the old. So he's not really working with the First Order. He's kind of his own body. His own organization, his own knights. Yeah. Knights of Ren. I would like to it? know more about the Knights of Ren as well. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't see any of them. So where does this leave us with this third movie in the trilogy? I feel like they have a lot of work to do. Like to Yeah, another reason people were complaining was because it didn't really get them anywhere in the fight against evil, I guess, or the dark side, whatever the dark side embodied them. Right. So I wonder if they're gonna show on screen, you know, them rallying all the, you know, small factions that they were calling, you know, at the end of this movie, or if that's something that's going to happen like off screen that they've already done that. And then, so we start the next movie, uh, we, you know, they already have their, you know, group assembled. And I kind of hope that it's, they've already have it assembled because otherwise that's going to be, could be a little tedious, you know, them gathering together the forces like that. Is there a name for the last movie yet in this trilogy? No, I don't know yet. Okay. I mean, we like five months ago we only we only got the name of the Han Solo movie was going to be Solo, so I don't think we're gonna get it. So I need to be a little more patient. Yeah. I got you. I'm excited about that Solo movie. Yes. Uh, is there anything else you want to say, positive or negatively, about uh, the Last Jedi? Because I got something if you don't. I mean, I feel like we didn't really go 
go over. No, we went over Snoke stuff pretty well. Yeah, that was well. We, I mean, because that was the, that was a cool moment too. Did you see that coming? I did not see that coming. I I did not see that coming either. I didn't. I didn't know what was going to happen because I didn't think he was going to kill Ray. I didn't think they were going to kill off Ray. She's like the hero, but I didn't. Yeah, I had no idea. And when he was like, you know, I can read his thoughts. He's adjusting the lightsaber, you know, and then it started to move. I still thought, I still didn't think he was going to cut him in half. That was brilliant. Yes, that was brilliant. I'm going to name one thing that I was kind of iffy on. I don't know if I like it or dislike it. I just want to bring him up. Them being able to track them through light speed. Right. And just, that's really cool. And like tying them on a string. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the last Star, not the last Star Trek, but the Into Darkness Star Trek had something involving like, they were able to follow them in light speed as well. I only watched half of that movie. It's a pretty good movie. Um... Yeah, that you know that reminded me. One of my favorite television shows of all times is uh, the the remake of Battlestar Galactica, and I think it was the second episode of that where the plots were very very similar. You know, Battlestar Galactica is trying to get away from the Cylons, and they can they can jump you know in hyperspace and go somewhere, and then the Cylons follow them. And they have a certain amount of time, and they jump again, and it just keeps on going. So it was kind of a similar similar thing. That, you know, that worked for me okay. That didn't bother me. It, it didn't really bother me either. I'm just tracking through light speed. But it was a very interesting plot device, though. What did you think of Grizzled Luke? Grizzled, depressed Luke. I liked Grizzled, depressed Luke. I did, too. Very grisly. <laughs> he was very crazy. I couldn't think of a better adjective. And there's some people complaining, like, Luke wouldn't do that. Like, a true Jedi Master wouldn't go off on an island or a planet called Dagobah. <laughs> or, um... So you're saying, that he, he, you know, people are complaining that a Jedi would not go off and isolate himself when and Obi-Wan be and depressed. Yoda. Exactly. Well, there's, like, a real real tradition of a Jedi doing that. That's exactly Just what a Jedi would do, apparently. Him. Depressed. Jedi's, they're just like us. They can have depression as well. Yeah, I dug him. Please help a Jedi at Jedi depression help near you. If you see a Jedi and they're lonely and depressed, reach out to them. Be there for them. Uh, I loved it. And I like that he, you know, wouldn't train her. I like that he kind of snuck aboard the Millennium Falcon. Uh, I loved it when he got to see Chewie. And realized by Han's absence that something horrible had happened to Han. I thought that was a pretty great moment. Remember the door flies open in his hut? Yeah. That was pretty great. And I, um, how did you like the Porgs? I loved me some Porgs. I mean, I know I was being emotionally manipulated by their cuteness, but I enjoyed it. I thought they were pretty awesome. And they cut to them like at nice times. Like they're in the chase in the last third of the movie. When William Falcon's on the mining planet. You know, and the Porg is in the, you know, thing getting tossed around. Like, I needed a laugh then. I needed some cuteness. And they and they gave it to me. I thought in the right amount. And Chewbacca eats the Porg. That was pretty awesome, too. And so he lets them all in there. His 
house slash Millennium Falcon. Yeah, he feels guilty about it. I loved when Luke caught the fish, too. That was kind of bad. That was really cool. Bad meaning good. Yeah, not yeah. bad meaning bad. bad. Yeah, bad meaning good. Yes. Uh, we're complicated here. Completely. I thought that was pretty awesome. I dug that whole just, like, daily life on this, you know, really beautiful, you know, planet. Milking space cows. <laughs> yeah, that, that was awesomely strange. It needed that. I feel like, you know, in the prequels, they would do strange things or have strange aliens, and they came across as, like, forced and, like, this is being weird for the weirdness sake. But that was just kind of, that, that worked for me. It was very natural. Because you're wondering, like, how is he living on this very isolated island of this isolated planet? And now we know. He's drinking space milk space. and eating super fish. Big old fish. And he has these interesting caretaker aliens helping him out. Who Ray was just <laughs> mean to. <laughs> she never apologized for any of her like blunders. She knocked over the stone, you know, she put a hole in the hut. And not once did she say she was sorry. Do Jedi not apologize? Is that a thing? Jedi's don't apologize. Alright, now we know. Now we so know. Speaking of Jedi depression. Hey Luke. You're looking very gray today. Gray Jedi's, gray Jedi's. So what is a gray Jedi? What's the deal with that? They're, well, before I say what gray Jedi's are, the number one gray Jedi I see is kind of Kylo Ren. Great, but so tell us what a gray Jedi is because we don't know what that means. A gray Jedi is like the true balance in the Force, a fighter for the balance of the Force. If you want to... Think really untechnically. You have a green lightsaber, but you can also blast lightning. Okay. Do we want a gray Jedi? Is that like the ideal? Is this this balance in the Force thing? Is we? Is that like the the culmination of some prophecy or something? I don't know if it's the culmination of a prophecy, but I guess we do want a gray Jedi to. Really, because all we want is a yin-yang balance in the force. So, and that should be embodied by someone? Question mark. Is that Embodied by multiple people. They can be gray Jedis. Okay. Well, I'm curious, because in the lead-up to the movie, I was hearing a decent amount about the gray Jedi, but I didn't really see any... They didn't mention that specifically no, in the film, didn't. did they? No. Okay. Well, I'll be curious to see if they pick that up in the next one. Uh, so I got a question for you, Hank. Where does this fall in your kind of list of your favorite Star Wars movies? And it doesn't—you don't have to give me a specific slot of number, you know, number three or number four or number two, but give me a range. As you know, it's better than this, and but maybe worse than that, unless you think it's the best one so far. I would say it's right in between. Um, Attack of the Clones and Return of the Jedi for me. Okay, so that would be, is that in kind of the middle or is that towards more the that's, the top? That's in the middle. Okay. that's that's My favorite Star Wars movie is, of course, Rogue One. Oh, you say, of course, Rogue One, I think. You know, a lot of people would say when they heard the of course, they might have thought you were going to say, of course, Empire but, Strikes Back. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back is up there, though. Yeah, I think kind of Empire Strikes Back 
and Rogue One to me are in the you know the upper echelon, the upper category. Last Jedi, I think, is just below that with maybe the first Star Wars 2 would be in the upper category. Then I think right below that for me would be Last Jedi, Return of the Jedi. And then I think we have another another layer below that for Force Awakens and well, maybe Attack of the Clones. I don't know. To me this is in the upper this is in the upper I'll say upper third. It's definitely not my favorite or second favorite, but it's 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 high up there. Yeah. So what what should we use to rate this movie? Well, I say of course we gotta use porgs. Alright, I could use porgs. We could do that. So how many porgs out of five? Five being the best you can be and one being the worst. How many porgs would you give this movie? That's a really hard question. That's why you get paid the big bucks. Three and a half. Three and a half porgs. Okay. Well, maybe not three and a half. Maybe three and six seven. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Let's not make this overly complicated. You can use halves. Three and three fourths. Three and three fourths. All right, fine. We'll use three and three fourths. Okay, I'm gonna say or four fifths. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll try to refine. I our... want it to be really close to four, but not four. All right, so I will give it. I kind of feel the same way as you, actually. So even though I'm, I think we should probably just do, you know, whole numbers and then halves. I'll. I will also say like three and three quarters porgs would be my rating as well. I don't quite want to give it a four, but it's. Better than a three and a half to me. I feel kind of bad since we're divi- we're like cutting <laughs> these porgs into fourths. Yeah, that's that's uh, you know probably it's not great for the porg cruelty. It is complete pork cruelty. Um, all right, well that kind of wraps up our conversation with the Last Jedi. Uh, Hank Al, what are you reading these days? I'm near the end of the Agatha Christie mystery collection. Cool. Not really, a, like a book of short stories by Agatha Christie. Are you still enjoying those? I am definitely still enjoying those. There's some pretty good ones. They haven't been like classical murder mystery style. They've been very different. Oh, yeah? What do you mean? Like, just when you think of mystery, you think of murder mystery in the mansion. So are there, are there not murders? Or are they, They're are not they murders. Just, They're oh, just, cool. It's like robberies? I, sometimes I'm actually finding like hard time like finding it hard to see why they're a mystery oh that's interesting hmm maybe you'll show me one of those we can figure it out Uh, i finally finished um the ted chang book and that is how you pronounce his name i figured that out and i'm good job thank you and it was amazing because if you didn't i would ramsack you i think that was the threat you made yes but i i did find out and now I'm reading this uh, nonfiction book called How to Read Literature Like a Professor. It's pretty fascinating. This English professor is, you know, takes some of the basic elements of things that you learned, you know, in, in high school English and, and, and teaching them in a much more interesting way. Uh, I'm digging it. It's been pretty cool as a reader and then as someone who's also does a little bit of writing. It's also a nice reminder of, oh, yeah, that works. 
those guys did that. That's a good idea. I should try something like that. So if uh, the dedicated readers out there or your or novice writers, I would uh, recommend that book. That's how to read literature like a professor. And I think actually, I think you will enjoy this book as you get older and maybe if you have an English teacher who doesn't quite light you on fire, this book might be able to help. So Because English, because listening to lectures about English is interesting. It is interesting. No offense to all you English teachers. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> it is interesting if you have the right material and the right teacher. All right. Well, that does us for uh, this episode of the Owls on Culture podcast. Thank you always for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Serzier and Antoine Harari. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.